Numbers 15, and uh, starting at verse 37, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, uh, that ye may look upon it and, and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them, and that ye seek not after your own heart, your own eyes, after which ye used to go a-whoring. Say, ooh, he said that in church. Now, you hear it on television, don't bother you. <laughs> and, that, uh, and that's Bible, I didn't make that up. And that ye may remember. See, there, that, there's that word again. And do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord, verse 41, I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. He's talking about bringing Israel out of bondage, out of slavery. And uh, for us tonight, beloved, if you're a Christian, you're a child of God, your sins are forgiven. That's what he did for you. He brought you out. He brought you out of bondage. He's going to take you to hell. Amen. And so a couple times in there he said, uh, remember. And I want to preach on that thought tonight. Back to verse uh, 38. It, it, he wants them to dress just a little bit differently. See, that's the whole thing is that, that, that fringe and the ribbon of blue is, is and yeah, I'm not a legalist. Somebody said, Brother Spurgeon, are you a legalist? No, I'm, an, I'm a former outlaw. Uh, I just, maybe I would ask you, are you an illegalist? <laughs> I mean, it's right there, amen. And uh, he wants them to dress a little differently for a reason. And the reason is, well, we'll see that. We saw it. We read it, verse 39, for a reminder. And God wants you and I to remember some things tonight. Probably why he directed me, I believe, to preach this tonight. Uh, uh, and he said it very clearly in, in verse 41. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. That type of the world. Uh, uh, to be your God. Now this is why he brought you up. Not so you can, oh, I'm free. Now I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about being a slave. In our case, to sin. Uh, I'm saved by grace and I can do anything I want. Well, you know, that appeals to the flesh, but if we're going to go by the Bible, uh, he made it kind of clear uh, that the reason he brought them out was to be their God. Is he your God tonight? I'm not even asking if you're saved. Who's your God? Who's on the throne of your life? That's a question we need to ask ourselves because every one of us has got a nature. The saved people in here got a nature that wants to run the show. I do. Amen. And so it's important to remember some things. So I want to remind you of something Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 6. And then we'll pray and go get back to our text. He said, what? 1 Corinthians 6, 19, he said this. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Surprise, surprise. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It looks to me like God's got a right to expect some things from us. Verse 39. Uh, we'll read it again in Numbers 15. It says, And it shall be unto you for a, fr uh, for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember. That's all it was. Doesn't make them... Better than anybody else. It isn't. It's for a reminder. And he said, and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you used to go home. Before he got saved, concentration was all about the natural. And uh, amen. That's all. That's the only choice you had. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for this uh, good group that's in here tonight. Pray and ask you, uh, let me say something that a matter, uh, something that you can plan, something your spirit can bear witness to, something put a smile on your face. And uh, I just, I need your help. I always do. So please help me say something from your book, and uh, that'll make Jesus Christ look even better than are you. Yeah. If there's soul in here doesn't know for sure. Now, there's folks in on a Wednesday night in church, but I don't assume everybody that comes in the door of a church.
is truly born again, that would be a, oh, that'd be a failure on my part as a, as a minister of God to assume anything. Help them to come to see. If they're not saved, help them to come to see they need to be. Being religious, turning over new leaf, not doing the things on the bad list and doing things on the good list. That's religion, Lord. We're talking about salvation. Help us tonight. Remember some things. In Jesus' name and for his glory, amen. Uh, he said there in verse 30, uh, 39, uh, remember all the commandments. And there's a boatload. I mean, most people are thinking there's 10. And the uh, truth of the matter is, there's over 600. Uh, the Jews had a lot of rules to follow. And uh, most of them were for their good. They weren't just to make it hard for them. Amen. There were things to protect them. There were things to sanitize them and dietary. There's a lot going on. And he said all the commandments. And he wanted them. And I, I guess if he had all them, you know, you might need a little reminder like a fringe, you know, hanging around. Maybe you would. He said, uh, I, I just, the best way to remember them is to be around them. I mean, it isn't like something, I mean, you don't download it. It's not a YouTube video. Amen. Uh, you need to be around uh, where the, uh, of course, you got a Bible, you can read it, and then you need to be around other people that believe them, and be where they're preached, and be where they're taught. We're talking about the Word of God, and, and be where, where it's talked about, and the Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron. And so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. Amen. Uh, I don't want to be a plastic Christian. I want to be iron. If I've got direction to be so, I'm not, this ain't a self-help message. This is just Bible, friend, right? All right, so the best way, he said to remember all the commandments. And, and the best way to remember them, I, listen, I, I don't even want to go into the things I did to my brain before I got saved at 37 years old. I'm going to tell you what, if I got a shot, at just staying on the straight and narrow, let alone remembering, let alone uh, keeping the commandments of God. I need to be around people. I need all the help I can get. Just to be honest, I'm just confessing that to you. And uh, so that's why I'm a, I'm a, I like church. I go to church. Whenever there's church, I'm there. I don't, uh, oh, church is having a revival. Let me see, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think I can make it. I don't even think like that. I never thought that way. If there's something going on, I want to be there. What's going on uh, for Jesus Christ is more important. Uh, for 32 years, it's more important than anything uh, I want to do. And the Lord bless that. He really has. You know, you do whatever you want. But I'm um, just, I'm the preacher, so this, I get to say that. <laughs> I like that. Amen. Amen. Uh, it says, it says, uh, remember all, his all the commandments of the Lord and do them. To do them. I mean, like I already confessed, I have a hard time remembering them all, let alone do them. I want to be right with God. I want to be reasonably as right with God as I can. Amen. And so I know what I need to do. If I need to remember them and do them, I need to be around other people as much as possible that want the same thing, that want to remember them, that want to do them too. That's what we're here for. We're supposed to encourage each other. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 and says this, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and unto good works. We all got a responsibility in this thing that uh, uh, the Bible refers to as the family of God. Amen? And the verse goes on there in 39 says, and seek not after your own heart. Amen. Proverbs 3 and, and verse 5 said, uh, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And you know, well, you trust the Lord to get saved. Yeah, but uh, I mean for living. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And you wonder sometimes, well, why does it say? Because that's our natural tendency. I'm not talking about when you were a heathen. I'm talking about now. The flesh, man, is not saved. Every one of us, we have a nature inside that wants to do it our way, wants to do what we want, and we'll reason it out. 
Isaiah chapter 1 and 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Well, for you to reason together with the Lord, you're going to have to do less talking and more listening. But we don't want that. We've got our opinion, bless God, and what we think. And we want to vote. I don't know where you think you get a vote if you're not your, not your own. You're bought with the blood of Christ. It says, lean not unto thine own understanding. It says, seek not after your own heart. The danger is, a couple of things. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one in here that has found that once I make up my mind that I want to do something, I can talk myself into it. I can talk myself into it making sense. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I think that'd be okay. And I ain't the only one in here. Thank God for my wife because when she gives me that look like you're out of your mind, she doesn't say it because she's a good wife. Well, she hasn't said it all that often. And anytime she ever did, she is right. But amen, we've got a deceitful heart. A amen. And, and, and the reason we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God is because if we seek after our own heart, the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Amen. He laid out some things here for these Old Testament Jews in uh, Numbers 15, and the reason that he keeps... Uh, 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 explaining why or declaring his authority to give him this direction. He says, listen, remember. Remember, you were a slave until I brought you out. Amen. And uh, beloved, you were a slave to sin that was going to take you to a devil's hell and Jesus Christ brought you out if you're out. Yeah. And so it's good for us to remember some things. Amen. All right, it says, uh, the verse goes on, it says, uh, and, and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them, and that you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes. It's interesting. I believe the King James Bible is inspired from beginning to end. Every word's important. Every word's there for a reason. So there's no filler. I wrote a book, Biking and Brotherhood. Amen. Amazon.com. Amen. Next two years, bring it. And I'll sign it. Amen. Uh, I had to figure out, mm, that chapter's not long enough. I've got to drag this out. God didn't have that problem. There's not one extra word in that book. Everything in there is important. And he says, in your own eyes. Amen. Uh, hold your place there in Numbers. Uh, I think we'll probably come back there. But go over to Joshua, chapter 7. Very profound passage. Scary passage. Say, well, are you afraid of God? Well, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You do well to read the Old Testament so you don't fall for all that phony baloney stuff you're watching on YouTube. I can't even spell kumbaya. I'm not going to sing it for you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> all right. So Joshua chapter 7. And look with me in verse 19. Now, I hope you're familiar with the story, but it says, And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make concession to him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. All right? Achan's in big trouble. Israel's in big trouble. They were winning until, well, what, we're going to look at what happened. And, uh, and uh, it says there in verse 20, uh, Joshua 7, verse 20, and Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. I want you to, here it is. That's a colon. So here it is, what he did. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. All right. So it all started by him seeing. He knew what to do. Amen. And but he admits here. Of course, he's like most of us. He admitted it because he was busted. It's not like he came and said, oh, I feel so bad. I got to. No, he was busted. That's why Jonathan went to him because the Lord revealed it to him. 
And uh, so Joshua, verse 22, uh, let me see. Verse 22, so Joshua sent messengers and they ran into the tent, Achan's tent, Achan's house. And behold, it was hid in his tent and the silver under it. And they took him out of the midst of the tent and, and they took them, the stuff, out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. <laughs> and verse 24, look at this. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of uh, Zerah, and the silver and the gold. And, oh, I'm sorry. And the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold. Now, it doesn't stop there. And his, and his sons. And his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor. Joshua said, why, why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones. Now Achan got stoned, amen, to death. But man, here's the sad part. And burned them. Them? His family? That's right. Yeah. Amen. And burned them. Let me see. Uh, let me see. Verse 25. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire. After they had stoned them with stones. So the whole, the, I mean, they stoned his house. They stoned his, they stoned his dog. They stoned his kids. Say, that seems pretty harsh. Well, the reason, God, again, like, he's not like us. He has a reason for everything he does. And the reason's in verse uh, 26. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Acorn to this day. What is that, uh, what is that uh, great heap of stones for? For reminder. Amen. Because of what Achan did, they lost a battle where lot. Some men were killed. Amen. I know that seems pretty rough. Well, I tell you what, when I look at it, when I look at it, uh, it shows me God is not playing games. I'm glad he's not like that now, but he's still not playing games. I'll tell you what, you do well to uh, quit playing games with God if you are in any area you want to name. I'm trying to help you. I'm just trying to remind you some Bible things here. Uh, amen. And that, uh, and uh, so they put that great heap of stones so that God's people would remember it. And you and I do well to remember. Okay. Uh, let's see. 2023. So, and it's uh, August. So, 20, 22 years ago. Um, right? 2001. They, they crashed a couple planes into our, into our uh, World Trade Center and one in the Pentagon and and all that, and uh, many of you were around then, remember that, and uh, the battle cry went up over that, and we will never forget. Patriotism resurged in our country from coast to coast, and we loved it. I mean, I'm a vet, I love my country, I'm not making excuses for the mess, I know how, to the, I know how the mess is going to get fixed, I'm trying to reach my countrymen while I can, because everybody needs Jesus Christ. We don't need a new president. We need the Lord to come. And if you're not saved, he ain't coming for you. And then it's going to get, you ain't seen nothing yet. But if you get saved, then you get to go out with the rest of us. And, uh, and uh, everything will work out in the long run. Patriotism research. We saw flags on cars and fire trucks. I'm coming out of Hialeah. Hialeah, where we're the only English-speaking people there, almost. And uh, over an overpass coming into North Miami, there were over 50 American flags on, a, on the overpass. That does something for me. I like that stuff. Amen. If you don't, that's, it's your, that's your business. I do. Amen. On December 10th, three months after 9-11, I took a detour. I was in Norfolk, Virginia, heading to Dayton, Ohio, and took a detour and went up to Manhattan. 
and I parked my, uh, parked my bus at the church and got my three girls and uh, my wife, and we went downtown Manhattan about midnight. She still talks about me turning down that alley. Women don't ever forget nothing, you know that? And we were fine, we were fine. Amen? And, uh, and I took them there, and we're there at midnight, and the World Trade Center is still 40 feet above ground, and they're working that thing round the clock, 24-7, big old torches, burning that thing. As a matter of fact, that day, December 10th, was the last day human remains were pulled out of that wreckage. We just stood there and uh, awestruck. They put up a, a, a chain link fence around St. Paul's Episcopal Cathedral, and there were, I mean, thousands of mementos and things, you know how they do, all around that. And we just stood there looking at that. I said, why would you go down there? Because I wanted my children to remember what was done. It's not just a story in a book or a special on the History Channel. I wanted them to see. Because it's important to remember things. Amen? I talked to people in Manhattan. You know what they remember? I said, what do you remember most about that? And you know what a girl told me? A lady told me? She said, I remember for the first time in my life, there was zero airplanes in the sky. I mean, between Newark and JFK and LaGuardia and smaller airport, there's always airplanes in the sky. And she said, for 30 days, the only aircraft in the sky was F-14s patrolling that quadrant. Amen? Boy, them people will remember it. You know, we did the next day, we went back to Staten Island where we were parked, and the next day we went and met Brother Costa and we Miss Bernadette, and we went downtown and we stood there on the street outside of that big old church, and our girls put on, we had five girls together then and singing Amazing Grace and handing out gospel tracts as fast as you could get them out. And that's a place where you can stand in Manhattan and hand out tracts, people don't, it's like you're invisible. But not that day. You ever heard the expression, strike while the iron's hot? The iron was hot, and we went down there and got the gospel out. Amen. And I just got to say this before moving on. It's amazing and sad how fast America got back to business as usual. And look at us now. I don't want to go into that. Amen. I'll be depressed. Amen. (laughs) Not really. I got too much to thank him for. To let the cares of this lie. I mean, it just, I mean, I could try. I try to get bummed out. And it's like, seriously? You're not going to hell? I went, yeah, you're right. That cheered me right up. <laughs> Maybe it'll work for you. Amen. Bible says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things, but thou knowest not. You know, sometimes Christians, and I get it, man. The cares of this life are real, but sometimes we need to look up. Amen. We need to talk to God. He knows what's going on. He's in charge. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, George Santayana, who was a Spanish philosopher, and I don't write down the date, but he said this, and you probably heard it. Those who cannot remember the past are doomed to repeat it. That's why God gives us all these things, to remember. Take your Bible. Go to Genesis chapter 9. Now, my water is on the left. That's the hand you don't eat with. Is that set? You didn't, like, there's no mustache hairs in this, is there? You didn't get this one. All right. Hydrate. They keep saying hydrate. Let me see what kind of cup you got. Oh, they match, kind of. Wow. Now my fingerprints on everything. Genesis chapter 9, look with me in verse 15. There's the Lord, and he says this. This is after the flood. The Lord says this, And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember 
the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on that is upon the earth. He wanted those uh, those uh, Jews to dress just a little different as a as a uh, as a token of remembrance, and then he even gives himself one, and he gave us what the rainbow. How in the world did we let them people hijack our rainbow? That rainbow is given by God for God's people. Amen? No, I don't have an answer. But here's what God did say in the verse that I just read. He promised he would never cover the earth with water ever again. And he'll remember his promise. Aren't you glad? <laughs> what he'll do next time, however... After giving his only begotten son to make a way for sin to be forgiven, what, he'll, what he's going to do next time, 2 Peter chapter 3, is going to make Noah's flood look like a walk in the park. And I am not going to be here. Amen. And I'm not talking about I'm going to be dead. I might be, I might not be. But I'm, when that happens, buddy, the church is gone. I... Uh, I had a brother down in Iowa, yes, two days ago, uh, wanted uh, uh, so to order some of my track, uh, my gospel track. And uh, so I, I uh, texted my, the printer, the guy that does it for me in uh, New York City. And I told him and I gave him the information to put on the back. And the printer said, uh, he's a jokester and we're good friends. He said, does he want this before or after the rapture? <laughs> and I said... Are you going to be printing tracts after the rapture, Mike? <laughs> Amen. And we ain't going to need any. Amen. I'm talking about remember, God remembers. Aren't you glad he remembers his promises? That one with the context was not to flood the earth again. But he made me a couple promises like Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise of God. That's non-negotiable. I'm very glad that God has a track record of remembering his promises. God, God forbid I ever forget that morning in that cell, but thank God he never will. He'll never forget the day that he pulled me out of the muck and the mire of the horrible pit of the hellbound sinner, put my name in his book. I'm glad. He'll remember that. Amen. I don't have to remember that. God, remember? I, you know, when we get to the pearly gate, well, why should I? Well, remember? We don't have to. That ain't happening with our God. He remembers stuff. He remembers this. John 6 and 37, and all, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. All. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Amen. So what if I mess up? What do you do when your kids mess up? You don't kill them. You spank them. God might have spanked you on the way. But he's still, you're, he's still your father. He'll keep that promise. It's why it is written there clearly for us to cash in on. It says this. Here's a promise I like. Doesn't seem like it all the time. That's why we're not, we're not, our relationship, our Christianity is not based on feelings. It says in uh, Hebrews 13 and 5, let your conversation be without covetousness. Aiken never read that. And be content with such things as you have. And most Americans aren't content. Amen. Christians included. Amen. Turn a stinking computer off. Amen. I mean, when Amazon Prime delivery pulls up in front of my house, if I'm outside, I just, hey, Santa Claus, what do you got today? Amen. Those guys are busy. Amen. Because we're not content. Oh, I can make this. You realize that during COVID, I don't know if I should confess this or not, but it's too late now. Uh, I actually had my visa number memorized. I didn't even have to pull. I was buying so much junk, I just rattled it right off. And then someone must have heard me because some purchase was made in Seattle, and that happens more than it used to, but amen. It says, be content with such, you know, I think I'm finally, I turned 70 a couple months ago, and I, I don't need anything. That's really cool. It's kind of disappointing because I think... I don't need anything. Amen. The verse goes on and says this. For he hath said, here's the promise, I will never 
leave thee nor forsake thee. Never. That's a promise. God keeps his promises. Everyone, every time. Amen? I don't know about you, but I mean, my flesh, the, the world, the flesh and the devil all try and get me to doubt. I go back to, I said, it's right there. And that's why we're Bible believers, friend. He doesn't just remember his promises, he keeps them. First Thessalonians 5 and 24 says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. You know, I make promises, mainly to my wife. Amen? I make promises. I mean, we're together all the time, and she'll ask me to do something. Yeah, I'll take care of it. I'll do it. And she knows I mean it. I don't take that stuff lightly. Amen? We do real well about that for each other. We take good care of each other. Um, But just to be honest, sometimes I forget. And I'll come back, and she'll say, did you get that? And I went, I'm sorry. I forgot. Amen. You know, it's really cool. God doesn't do that. God never has a whoops moment. (laughs) Amen. It's understandable that we do, but I'm glad he doesn't. He remembers all his promises. And I say that to say this. It would probably be good if you and I would remember the promises we make to him and keep them. Don't you think? I don't get to do much counseling as an evangelist, but I got to do some. I, I got I got a chance to to counsel this uh, married couple that was having problems. Hard to imagine, and uh, and I said, okay, let me uh, let me uh, let me give you some advice. Why don't you take them kids over to Grandma and Grandpa's house and go home, just the two of you, and you watch that wedding video again. Because you made some promises, you made some vows to God and to each other. And you know why? You know why we sometimes we struggle? Well, the flesh rises up. I mean, I could give you a dissertation on that. It's because we forget that we made vows to God. Now he doesn't forget any of his, and we rejoice in that. But I'm just trying to encourage you that when you make a, it says in Ecclesiastes that uh, I can't quote the verse, but God makes takes things seriously, and maybe uh, not the altar, maybe not the wedding, but maybe at the altar. Sometimes, I mean, this is uh, it used to be like this. Preacher would preach, Holy Spirit would move, people would come to the altar. Amen. We're seeing that go out the window. I wonder what YouTube video told people not to do that anymore. I don't know, but I will say this. If you do, you come to an old-fashioned altar, you get wherever you get, alone with God, and you, and you, you make promises to him, you better keep them. I'm trying to encourage you. He keeps his. You ought to keep yours. You know, when we do the best, we're like Achan. When we're busted, when we're in trouble, then we go to God. Then we make promises. If God, if you'll help, I'll do this. Am I the only one in the room that's ever done that? That's part of maturing as a Christian. And I'm still in the stage where, you know, it's possible. But I'm telling you this, I'll have to confess that I made promises to God. And then when everything smoothed out, I forgot all about them. Amen? Amen. (laughs) We wonder why we get the same results all the time. Evie told me, my little girl, who's 31 now, my youngest... And she said, Dad, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I thought that was pretty cool, and I've heard it quoted a dozen times by other people since. So, uh, but I tell you what, as an evangelist for 26 years, I see Christians doing that all the time. We don't make the changes we need to make to get the results that we want to get. And God, this is, this is not the twilight zone. He's given us the Bible. Amen. We can't figure out why things don't change. Amen. All right, Exodus. Go ahead and go to Exodus uh, 14. We're talking about remember. I could say I'm almost done, but I'd be lying, so I hope you're not. (laughs) Exodus 14. 
and verse uh, 10. Say, well, you're not using a lot of New Testament verses. It's only Wednesday. Come on. <laughs> Give me a long week. Say, well, I'm not coming back. That's your choice. It's your call. Exodus 14, look at verse uh, 10. Now, this is uh, Moses has led the people of the nation of Israel to the Red Sea. And uh, Pharaoh's closing in on verse 10. When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us uh, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Verse 12 is, Is this not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians uh, than that we should die in the wilderness. Again, they weren't serving them. They were slaves. Amen? And it's amazing to me as you read that passage how quickly they forgot that they were slaves. Because they're telling Moses, 400 years they waited on a prophesied deliverer 400 years, he finally comes. They go out when everything's good. Amen. They're rejoicing. And boy, okay, it's not a small thing that Pharaoh was going to kill them all. I get that. But the first thing they did was they turned on their preacher. That's how that works. Amen. And then say stupid things like, it was better. Listen, I'm an American. I would rather die free than live as a slave. Now, that's just me. Amen. And they're saying, I'd rather go back to, I am, I hope you don't feel that way about your past. Amen. It's just amazing to me how quickly they forgot that they were slaves. Worse than that, the flesh uh, has selective recall. It said in Numbers 11 and verse 5, we remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, and the cucumbers, and the melons, and the leeks, and the onions, and the garlic. Amen. Oh, good. Yeah. Your flesh only reminds you of what it liked. Your flesh only, even for a Christian, the flesh only reminds you of the fun you used to have. It doesn't remember, remind you of the sorrow and the heartbreak, waking up in jail or with your head in the toilet. And some of you know what I'm talking about. I mean, when I was in high school, I saw a movie called Easy Rider. And these two guys, I mean, pan head, rigid frame choppers, I could tell you, I could look at that engine and tell you what year it was. And, uh, man, here I am, a high school kid, and, man, that thing got a hold of me. And after doing uh, a couple years in the Army, I built a shovelhead chopper, and I rode around the country for the next 15 years. Amen. And uh, in the course of that time, I buried 41 of my own guys, and I saw over 100 go to prison. And it was only a praying mother uh, that got the, the feds got to me before the enemy did, and which is good because then I end up getting saved in jail. But that old thing, I look up, think back on that movie, and those guys were free and riding. But at the end, first of all, they started out with money from a heroin deal. And then they end up getting blown off their Harleys in Mississippi by a couple rednecks in a pickup. And I'm thinking, what was I thinking? Because it didn't start well and it didn't end well, but it looked good there for a minute. And that's just how the flesh is. It only wants you to remember the fun part. It'll never remind you of the warnings. It only wants to tell you, well, look at all the fun you're missing out on. I came in a church right out of jail two days out and, and they had a track rack. And, uh, and I'm standing around because nobody talking to me. I actually didn't actually fit in very well. And, uh, and uh, there's a track there, and it says, What you miss by being a Christian. And I was up for that because I knew my life had changed. And I didn't turn over a new leaf, and I didn't go straight. That book says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Uh, God didn't make a wimp out of me when he saved me. I still got a beautiful Harley. Amen. He made a man out of me. And I knew something was different. And I picked that, I picked that track up. And it, it said, what you missed by being a Christian? And I opened it up and it said, H-E-L-L. -L. I said, that's right. And there ain't nothing I ever did 
that'd be worth going to hell. And if you're not clear on that, the same goes for you. The Bible says in Mark chapter 8, what shall a profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And it won't profit you a lick. Amen. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. All the flesh will never remind you of the warnings. Only that's what the Holy Spirit does. Amen. We tune the Holy Spirit out. You know, we can grieve, we can grieve him. In chapter 4, we can quench him. First Thessalonians chapter 5. How do you do it? We just turn up the volume of the junk and the activity in our life. You can be saved, love Jesus, go to church when you can, and just get so stinking busy that the still small voice of God couldn't get through to you if he is sitting next to you on the pew. And that's how we do it, and we do it on purpose. Because the flesh wants to do what the flesh wants to do. And you spend any time in your Bible, and you spend any time under the preaching of the Word of God, and the Spirit of God is bearing witness to some things, and when the, you've got to learn to tell the flesh no. Amen. David uh, said, he brought me up all the of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. What is he doing? He's remembering that the pit was horrible. And that the clay was miry and didn't want to let go. And Christians mess up because they don't remember that. we got to remember some things. It says this in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, that's where we are now, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, and doctrines of devils. Oh, I got a real good friend that fell into that category right there. And many of you know him too. A guy I love very much. But he uh, fell under the influence of the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And uh, it can happen and it does happen. And uh, it happens to people that were once sound in the faith. You're here tonight. Looking forward to the meeting, I hope. Sound in the faith. King James Bible believer. Maybe got some victories. But I want to tell you something. I preach to empty pews every week all over the country that used to be filled by sold out Christians that let their guard down because they never dreamed it could happen to them. And I'm here to tell you tonight, it can happen to you. It can happen to me. It can happen to any of us. Why? Because we forget. Amen. Amen. So, to help us with that, Paul wrote this in 1 uh, Timothy 4. In verse 6, if, if, he's talking to Timothy, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith, and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Remembering some things is important. Remembering some things is so important to God that he created a special office just to help people remember. Second Peter 1 and verse 12 says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, uh, though ye know them. And be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Say, what's that office? The office of the evangelist, friend. We come, you get preached to, you get taught, you grow, you get victory, and every once in a while, God will bring somebody around, not for some new revelation, just to stir you up. And remind you of the things that you know. That's what, that's the purpose of a meeting like this, this week. Peter wrote this a little later. He said, ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things, beware, lest ye also, being led away in the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. I don't want to fall. I got no place to go. I did everything I wanted to do. I did things I wished I wouldn't have done. I got so much junk in my head. I can't close my eyes when I pray. I know this. Paul finished. Jesus Christ finished. I know a bunch of good men and women too that finished their course. And I want to finish mine. He deserves it. Amen. So I don't want to forget. On the 
mall near Cortland Street Station in Manhattan. There's a bronze plaque. I mean, it's 10 feet long, and it's got firemen rushing to the World Trade Center and fire trucks. I mean, it probably cost a fortune. And it only has these words over it. We will never forget. I start the meeting by encouraging you to take a moment to remember what the Lord done for us. That's what helped set the mood for a couple days of concentrated preaching, singing, fellowship. We just need to remember what he did to help us get our focus off the cares of this life, which are very real. I wouldn't discount So let's, uh, if you're able, let's stand. Let's take a moment. Let's close our eyes and, and bow our heads and, and uh, take an opportunity to pray about what God would have us to do individually. And if there's something in here and God spoke to your heart and uh, the altar's open, I pray you feel like, uh, you know, you can come down here and pray if you need to. If you'll let God do that, that's between you and God. But uh, I'll tell you what, this is, uh, this is important. And with heads bowed and eyes closed and Christians searching their hearts, let me say this. Uh, that thief on the cross in Luke 23, he's three, 23, he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And the Lord promised he would. And he said, uh, verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now, I don't know everybody in here, not by a long shot. So I want you to ask yourself. I'm not asking you to raise your hand or... or not between me and you, between you and God. Where are you going to spend eternity? Are you going to be with him in paradise when your soul steps out of your body? Because it's going to. Jesus Christ, the Bible said, died for our sins according to the scripture and was buried and rose again the third day according to scripture. He didn't have any sins. He did that for years. We're all sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's easy to figure out if you need salvation or not. Everyone does. Amen. If you've never been saved, you need to understand that there's hell to pay if you step It doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter how many videos you've watched. It doesn't matter what you think or how you feel. According to the Bible, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That should be great news. This isn't multiple choice. This isn't a trick. This is as simple as comprehended in your heart that Jesus Christ from the cross at his own crucifixion for your sin said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. And if you've never bowed your heart, trusted Jesus Christ, acknowledged that that sacrifice is for you, you might be the nicest person in the room, but you're not going to go to the right place when you die. If you've never done that, you need to do that. You can do that. A 20-year drunk, dope addict, bike gang member, in a jail cell at 6 o'clock in the morning, alone, with less information than I've given you tonight, from an honest heart, said, Lord, me and you both know if hell's real, I deserve to go there. I am a sinner, and uh, I believe. That you went to the cross to make sin, make a way for sin to be paid for. I said something like this. If that could apply to somebody like me, career criminal, I want in on it. And the Bible says the gospel of Christ is the power of God's salvation to everyone. Amen. From the best to the worst, from the uttermost to the guttermost. Don't leave out of here not saved. You got a question? Say, well, I never heard it quite like that. I get it. But we got people here that be willing to open a Bible, answer a question, pray with you, give you some whatever. Whatever we can do to help. But chances are, let me tell you something. It's between you and God, and you can take care of it. But you're going to have to drown out all that other junk in your head. But what if? What about? What about Jesus Christ? What was that for? It was for you. You think about it. You examine your heart and you respond. I'd like you guys to think about some of the things that you remember. 
I'd like to ask you this. Has there ever been a time where you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you remember a time? If you did, you should remember it. If you don't remember it, it's not there. What about other things that you can remember? Hey, listen, do you remember what you did last week? Maybe last month, maybe last year. You remember some of those things. The Lord remembers. Does the Lord remember a time when you went to Him, just by faith, and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you to save me. Would you please save me? If you don't remember that time, listen, I invite you to come down to the altar. Just shake my hand. We'll, we'll, we'll set somebody with you that can answer some questions. We'll answer anything that you need, show you from the Bible how you can be saved. But if you don't remember a time when you got saved, you haven't gotten saved. That's one of the things you should remember. Amen? Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, thank you again for what we had a chance to hear tonight. Uh, Lord, it is good to know that you remember your promises towards us. Uh, but Father, help us to remember some of the things that maybe we've promised you. Uh, help us to remember the things, the commitments and the victories. And um, uh, Father, help us to remember what the old life was so that we don't have a desire to fall back into it. Um, Lord, you've given us a, a new life. You've created a, a new creature out of us when we got saved. And we're so thankful for that. We're thankful for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I just pray that you'd work in the hearts of each and every individual here. And Father, if there's somebody here who's uncertain of their salvation, uh, if they can't remember a time where they bowed their head and their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ in simple faith, I'm not talking religion, I'm not talking about their baptism, I just mean in simple faith and said, Lord, you know, I'm a sinner, I don't want to go to hell, but I, I believe that you died on that cross, you shed your blood for, to pay for my sins, and Lord, I want to trust you as my Savior. Father, if there's a time where they don't remember that, I pray that you would help them to at least remember that's what they need to do. Uh, so, Father, uh, uh, be with your people. Pray that you'd bless the rest of the meetings coming up this week. We thank you for every, everything. I just pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.